0: Welcome back to His Light and Life. Today we're going to pick up a discussion. We're going to carry this on for a little while, and I don't really have a title for it. I mean, if I had to, if I had to give it a title, I'd probably say, um, I don't know, Raised in Christ Jesus, <laughs> Buried in Christ, and Raised in Christ. That's probably a good working title. And to start things off, I want to read a couple of, I want to read a couple of books, books out of or um, uh, verses out of the uh, Book of Colossians, and. Um, it's interesting, before I get to this, I want to draw a clear distinction. It's um, it's highly misunderstood. Well, It could potentially can be misunderstood in relationship to the Bible. And it's important that you know, when you're reading a portion of Scripture, the most important part, in my opinion, is who's being addressed. Okay? We have this sort of mistaken idea, and we just sort of... Um, I heard a verse quoted, I'm not going to... I'm not going to mention it, but I heard a, heard a, heard a verse quoted the other day, and um, <clears throat> yeah, that's wonderful. If you are a uh, if you were a Jew, that would that verse would be absolutely applicable to you. We generally take this sort of approach, where we take all of the Scripture and we say, um, the Bible is written to man. You know, when we talk about the man in the boat, we can make uh, we can easily make a mistake in thinking that. The man in the boat was speaking to every every man, right, or all the fish, and the truth be known, uh, the, the truth be known, that's not what happened at all. Uh, and it's important when you're reading the Bible, in my opinion, the most important part. First, I mean not the most important part, but the thing you should addri- uh, definitely address first is who is being addressed, who's it, who's it speaking to, okay. Um, it's, it's very disheartening. It's very disturbing. It's actually almost intolerable to an atheist or to a non-believer to say, when you say to them that the old, that in the old test, that the law was never applied to them, that most Christians can't get a handle on that. Actually <laughs> forget most non-believers. M- most Christians can't get a handle on that. They have a hard time with that one. And because they don't understand covenant, and a covenant is um, there's a covenant is between individuals, or an individual and a group. Okay, there was a great story. There was a great story. Um, I believe it's in Turnbull's book on the blood covenant, and um, it was a famous missionary, uh, Livingston and he was traveling through Africa. And I'm paraphrasing this. Uh, It's been 20 years since I've read that book, Um, but it's uh, it's a great story because in that story, um, they were traveling. Livingston was a missionary in Africa, and he was he was uh, ministering or (laughs) laying planting seed in Africa. And at that time, it was a very dark continent. It was called the Dark Continent, and uh, for a reason, very violent very, uh, a lot of tribal unrest. There was a lot of, um, a lot of problems going on all over the place. A lot of wars, a lot of factions and wars back then were not as sophisticated as they are today, but they were, they were equally brutal. And, um, he, uh, there was a segment, he had some, he had some, um, people that would carry his stuff with him and he would have interpreters and, uh, as he was moving through and, uh, He came to an area and there was a large, uh, large spance that he had to move through. And uh, it it was under the rulership of this, of this tribal leader, very powerful tribal leader. And uh, he, this tribal leader had the largest, they were, no one, no one questioned them. And uh, he, so in order to pass through that piece of land, like a flyover today, you had to get the permission of the person in charge. And, uh, that was this tribal leader. So a meeting was arranged and Livingston through the interpreter, um, explained, you know, what he was trying to do, what he was doing. And, uh, the, um, the tribal leader agreed, he agreed to let him through. Now, when that happens, there's an exchange of gifts, typical that there's an exchange, because in many respects, that's exactly what a covenant means—a marriage covenant. We know it today as we, we call a wedding, but it's a covenant, and um, that means that we even know the you know all that's mine is thine, and all that's all that's yours is all that's is mine is yours. It's an exchange. It's the joining together of a, of two parties or two individuals. And from that point forward, once the covenant is ratified, there's a, an agreement, a compact. And that's why even when you see a wedding, there's the reading of the conditions, you know, do you, uh, so-and-so, you know, plan to, or agree to honor and to cherish and sickness and in health. And so there's the coming together of the two parties. There's the reading of the conditions, if you will. And then there's the exchange of a ring rings and it's, a. Then it's uh, uh, commissioned with a kiss. Um, the the wedding is, and then the wedding is consummated. Okay, so that's what takes place in any covenant, any typical covenant. And uh, in this case, uh, Livingston, uh, the, it was agreed that he would be able to pass through this area. And then the condition, or the, they came to the point of the exchanging of the gifts, the exchange. We know it as a. As rings, but uh, back then it could be anything, and so Livingston took a goat with him. He had a goat. He had a very up. He had a very um, a very uh, sensitive stomach, and pretty much he was living on goat's milk. That was the primary source of nutrition that he was relying on. And the tribal leader, after the covenant had been agreed upon and the conditions of that covenant, they came to the exchange of the gifts, and the, and the tribal leader wanted his goat. Um, and because he knew the goat was valuable to him. See, the exchange of the gifts is the exchange of something that's valuable to you. It's a sign of the covenant. It's a sign of your commitment to it. And this tribal leader, he knew this goat was important to Livingston. He knew that it would be a sacrifice for him to give it up. And that's why he asked him for it. And uh, the interpreter told Livingston, and he kind of like was a little bit blown back, but realized very quickly, uh, too late, too late to go back. And so he gave up the goat, and he gave up rather reluctantly, but he gave up the goat. And then uh, the tribal leader um, stepped forward, and he handed Livingston a staff, a walking stick. And it was a very innocuous walking stick, very ordinary, it had, but it had several notches in the top of it, several markings in the top of this stick. And so Livingston's like, okay, great. <laughs> there, goes, there goes my meal ticket, literally, but I got a walking stick. That's awesome. So uh, they part ways, and Livingston is moving through. And uh, as Livingston found that as soon as he, whenever he came to a tribe, whenever he, he the first, he, whenever he came to a tribe of people, they would all bow down. They would all go right down on their ground, and they would bow their faces right into the ground to him. And at first he's like, "What? What are they? What is this?" And then he realized it wasn't him that they were bowing to. It was the stick. See, Livingston had asked him for permission to go through a very dark area, a place of risk, a place of danger. And Livingston, there's no way he could have gone through alone. And there's no way that that tribal leader could go with him. No way. So the tribal leader gave him his stick because he knew that anyone in that land who saw that stick would know instantly that Livingston was in a covenant with that tribal leader. And and an exchange life had occurred that that meant that what Livingston had belonged to the tribal leader. But that also meant that what the tribal leader had was available to Livingston, just like a marriage. And every tribe that saw that stick bowed, put their faces on the ground, because they knew that no army, that there was no army that was visible. Behind Livingston was an army, unimaginable. And if anything was given or anything happened onto Livingston and the word of that got back to that tribal leader, their entire tribe would be slaughtered. And I want you to think about that as you go forward in your Christian life that the most important part yes we love we, we celebrate salvation yes we celebrate the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ yes we celebrate the word yes we celebrate coming together the body uniting we celebrate all of those things but it's vital absolutely essential that you always remember and keep in the forefront of your thinking that it is based upon a covenant It is based upon a compact. It is based upon a will and testament. And a will and testament is based upon an agreement of an exchange. It means in the simplest terms that everything that is mine is now equally yours. And everything that is yours is now equally mine. This has been lost in marriages today. We've, we've, gotten, we've got caught up in the trappings of the gown and the rings and the location and the meal and all of these things. And the emotions and the feelings and the Facebook likes. And we've forgotten what actually takes place. We've forgotten what actually is the foundation of a marriage. And it's a found, the foundation of a marriage is a compact. The foundation of a marriage is a covenant. And when you come to the Bible, you have to understand something. That on the other side of the two covenants that the Bible is, is the Old Covenant... And the new covenant. But it's important to understand, as we stated, that a covenant is made between two people or a person and a group of people or two groups of people. But what I mean by that is there is the agreed upon participants in a covenant. You just can't get into it. You just can't go in. You, you just can't say, oh, I'm a part of that. And when you pick up your Bible and you're reading your Bible, you have to realize and you have to remember who are the parties involved in the covenants. Who are the parties involved in the covenants? And the biggest mistake is always in relationship to the old covenant, unless... (laughs) <laughs> unless you were in, in, in the days of the Old Testament that was written, okay? And you have to understand, after Malachi, you have about 500 years of silence before Jesus was born because that covenant ended. The covenant in the Old Testament is between the Father God and the 12 tribes of Israel. okay God made a covenant with Abraham and he would have that he would have descendants as the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky those are descendants of Abraham descendants of Abraham God didn't make a covenant with the world God didn't make a covenant with the nations God did not have, has never had a covenant with the Assyrians. He's never had a covenant with the Medo-Persians. He never had a covenant with the Egyptians. He was not in covenant with the Romans. God was in covenant. He wasn't in covenant with, with uh, Goliath. That's what we say. That's why we see David comes up and he goes, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? who defies the armies of the living God. Do you know what he meant? He meant after Livingston realized that that stick that he was carrying, that walking stick, was a representation of the most powerful tribe in that area at that time, and that he was in covenant with the tribal leader. Once he realized that, He knew when he got to another village that they were going to bow to that stick. Because he knew what was behind that stick. And no one in those tribes dared defy him. They didn't stand up to him. They didn't say, oh yeah, whatever, and gather their troops together to kill him. And you need to know that that's what David was saying when he saw Goliath come out and challenged, send me a man, and challenged the nation of Israel, the, the, the children of Israel, who were hiding. <laughs> they were hiding from him. They were terrified of Goliath. And, he, and David looked across at Goliath, and he didn't see the size of Goliath. They, they, they say his jacket, the coat of mail that he wore, weighed 160 pounds. Right? The, the handle. The handle on his sword weighed something like 20, 21 pounds. The handle. This guy was a giant. David didn't see a giant. There's no point in which you read the story of David and Goliath, and you'll see no point at which where David acknowledges the size of Goliath, the, the size of the threat of Goliath. What does David acknowledge? The size of his God. The size of his God. That's what, David, that's what David recognized. And we know that because of the words that he spoke. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Do you know what I mean? That defies the armies of the living God. Do you know why he said uncircumcised Philistine? Because Goliath didn't have a covenant with God. Circumcision was, the sign, circumcision was the sign of their covenant. Circumcision is what ratified their agreement and their, their participation in that covenant. And you know who was on the other side of that covenant? I want you to think about that. David saw all the children of Israel at that time, Saul included, saw the size of Goliath. David saw the size of the creator of all the universe. David's response to Goliath, "Today I'm going to feed you to the birds. You're done. You've made the biggest mistake." I mean, David, he David saw a guy go in, in Goliath in the midst of making the most monumental mistake that you could ever possibly make. <laughs> You're standing up against God, right? Because David understood covenant. Now I want you to note and I'm not going to chase this very far that all of the children of Israel at that time, all the soldiers were hiding. They were all hiding. That means you're right back now to the, the, the 12 spies that went into the promised land, and 10 brought back an evil report. Caleb and Joshua brought back a good report. Rise up, pony up, saddle up, let's go. We're well able, for the Lord is with us. And the 10 tribes said, no, 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 no. We be not able. There's giants in the land and there's walled cities and wild beasts. And we were as grasshoppers in their sight. And we were as grasshoppers in our own sight. Didn't understand, didn't, did not understand a covenant. Didn't understand that the battle wasn't theirs. I keep saying that it's an exchanged life. That means that you're not limited to your source of supply. You're limited to the combined source of supply. You do the work, you do the walk, you live it out. Livingston had to go through there and do what he did, but he did not go alone. How many have heard the term, be of good cheer for the Lord thy God is with thee? It's with thee. He's not with thee floating around. He's not there, hope he shows up. It's like, no, if you understand and believe, he's there in a covenant capacity. That means he is personally responsible. He has taken it upon himself to be personally responsible for you. To fight for you when fighting fighting needs. To be what you need him to be when you need him to be that thing. That's what he has agreed to. The conditions and the agreed upon situation. Now, if Livingston had wandered off into some other area that this tribe tribal leader wasn't in charge of, wasn't known, I guarantee you, they would have taken the stick out of his hands and beat him to death with it. But when you're where you belong... When you're doing what you're supposed to be, and for the Christian today, doing, being where you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to do is standing in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You move left or you move left or right of that. And I will guarantee you that the the mind, will and emotions of Adam inside of you, the law of sin and death around you will take the stick out of your hand and beat you with it. Christians are defeated everywhere and they're not defeated because God has not kept up his end of the bargain. It's they're defeated because they're not standing in their covenant. You've picked up your own stick. You want you the, 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 the tribal people wouldn't bow to some random stick. They knew it's not the stick, it's what the stick represents. It's not your works. It's not your effort. It's not what you have done. It's who you are in covenant with, and that is the finished work. That is a covenant with a, the covenant between the Old Testament was between the Father God and the nation of Israel. The new covenant is between the Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That means everything the Father has, the Son now has, and everything the Son has, the Father has. Well, you say, well, that's great. I'm down here. He's up there. You're dead and your lives are hidden with God in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ Jesus. So being in Christ Jesus makes you in that covenant. You are a part of that covenant. The promises that God has made to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he fulfilled the requirements of, which was coming here, living as a man, overcoming the law of sin and death, defeating all all the works of darkness in open battle, being a substitutionary sacrifice for the elect of God, chosen before the foundations of the world, suffering the penalty that they deserved. Then being raised from the dead and seated at his right hand, the Father says, all that is mine is thine, and Jesus says, all that is mine is thine, (laughs) including (laughs) the inheritance that thou hast given me those chosen before the foundations of the of the world, those whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundations of the world. Okay? And that is, we're not done here at all. This is, I, I said several podcasts ago, we're going to spend a lot of time in the covenant. I'm, I said I would read a verse of scripture. I'm not going to be reading very many, but I'm going to read this one. Because... It is, uh, well, it's phenomenal. (laughs) Again, you'll find this in Colossians. Um, I'm not going to teach on this, uh, maybe until the next next, uh, podcast, but I said I would read some scripture out of this in relationship to where we are going in covenant, and I am going to read this one. And it says here in Colossians chapter 1 that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being fruitful in Christ Jesus simply means walking in his victory. You walk in his victory and stand by that and stand in that alone like David. He didn't go out in his own strength. He said, you come to me with swords and spears, but I come to you in the name of Almighty God. And it says here in verse 11, strengthened with might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks because you're going to have to be patient, longsuffering, and joyful because I guarantee you that everything here is going to resist your standing in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's given his armor to stand in it, okay? And having done all to stand, stand stand in patience and long suffering and joyfulness in verse 12 he says giving thanks unto the father that is our entire <laughs> that is our entire ministry which hath made us meet to be par- made us prepared us equipped us qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light and in verse 13 who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I want to thank you for joining me today on His light and life. Uh, we're going to start this. We're going to roll into the into the power and delivering authority and relationship that we have with the Father God and that is based in covenant.